Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lead and Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles here and great to be back with you. Now today, in the next few minutes, I'm not sure how long this is going to be, maybe it's about 20 minutes, so it may be fitting with your, your drive to work or your, your coffee break. I'm going to talk about ego. I'm stimulated to talk about ego for a number of reasons. One of them is because about a year ago, I came across a gentleman called Ryan Holiday, H-O-L-I-D-A-Y. Now, Ryan Holiday writes articles and has written a number of books and is an absolutely voracious reader. And he shares his wisdom quite freely. He has a book about ego, which is well worth looking at. He's a guy who has read deeply and has delved very, very deeply into the, the Stoic philosophy and is, and is very influenced by that. And it's something that I found amazingly, amazingly helpful. And what I want to talk about today is some of Ryan's work on fighting ego, building character and developing strength and humility. There's a, a collection of quotes that really stimulate your thought processes. And I'm sure all of you out there have got your own stories and your own thoughts um, about ego and what ego is and what it isn't and whether it's successful or whether it isn't. But I think we all know what it means. So let's have a look at these and see where this takes us. And in terms of defining it, he goes on to say that actually ego is one of those things that is very hard to define, but it's actually easy to spot. How easy is it for you? How many of us can relate to? So there you are in your environment and you walk away from a specific situation, you think, wow, that person has got a real ego problem. Now, what does that mean to you? There's something that has occurred that has made you have that thought process that has got you to that point to think there's an ego issue there. So what is it? Is it an outsized sense of self-importance? Is it a malignant self-absorption? Is it somebody who thinks they are inherently entitled to something or inherently better than others, that they have an invincibility about them and that they're above and beyond everybody else? Whatever it is, do you agree that it's toxic? Do you agree that there's an element of it that means that there's a lack of empathy, a lack of that humility and vulnerability and makes teamwork either impossible or very difficult? That's how I see it anyway. But I want to share some quotes with you about it. And let, let's see if it, it stimulates a few thought processes. The boxing source called The Fighter's Mind. Here we go from a guy called Frank Shamrock. Ego is an evil thing. Humility, though, is the way to build confidence. And ego is a hugely dangerous thing in this sport. I think there's many, many boxers who've said that immediately you get angry. Immediately you run on emotion. And immediately your ego gets in the way you're going to lose in a boxing match. I've heard that many, many times. I'm not a boxer, 
done some boxing training and it's fantastic, but never had a fight in the ring. I'm not sure I'm that brave, to be honest. But amazingly enough, I was watching a replay and some of you, obviously, in a, you're of the younger age group won't recognise this. I might have the decade wrong. I think it was the 80s. I'm sure it was the 80s and please correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, it was a few decades ago. There was a middleweight fighter called Marvin Hagler and he was nicknamed Marvelous, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. He was a machine, world middleweight champion, an absolutely extraordinary athlete. Again, if you are interested, go onto YouTube and see him. He was just relentless in coming forward, shaven head, formidable. And he won the undisputed world middleweight title from an Englishman called Alan Minter, who was a London lad. Don't know him personally, but when he spoke, he was a lovely guy. And at the end of the fight, when Alan Minter had lost to Hagler, Minter just sat and was interviewed by the, the, the late, great Harry Carpenter from Sports Night. Minter just said, you know, I got hit and I got cut and I became angry. And my game plan went out of the window. And instead of boxing, I tried to match Hagler in a fighting match. And I obviously lost. And I've heard that many, many times about boxing. And he admits that his ego, his inability to control his emotions got in the way. And actually lost him his world title. John Frusciante says that your worst enemy is your ego. Marina Abramovich from an interview in The Economist. She says, your ego can become an obstacle to your work. If you start believing in your greatness, it is the death of your creativity. How many of you can relate to the pride before a fall syndrome? I can certainly relate to that. And thankfully, I've started to have a little bit of insight into, you know, if things are going quite well, and it's that balance, isn't it? Things are going quite well and you feel like, you know, we're doing okay here. We're achieving some results. That is a little bit of a warning bell in the back of my mind to think, okay, really good. Let's ride the wave. Let's take and draw all the success we can out of it and let's see where this goes. But, and the but is, let's not get above our station. Let's deflect all the glory and let's just keep our feet on the ground because ultimately... It's not me who's doing this. It's a combination of many, many factors, some of which we don't understand. So there's always that little warning bell. It's taken a while to get to that point, I have to say, and I'm sure I'm nowhere near perfect. And I, but some interesting stories about folks who get to believe that their own success is due solely to them. Robert Greene, in his amazing book, The 50th Law, I mean, this is another guy, Robert Greene, and if you ever get chance to look at some literature... Look him up on Amazon. Look at his books. And one of them is called The 50th Law. He says, one a great quote from him is, your eyes are fixed on the world, not on yourself or your ego. So in order to achieve success, take your eyes off yourself and put them on somebody else. How many times have you heard that? I've heard it loads of times. Take your eyes off yourself and put them on somebody else. So if you want to be a great salesperson and you walk into a meeting with somebody and a discussion, the important thing to do is to focus on them. What is it that the person sitting in front of you wants, desires and needs? How can you serve them? Because if you serve them, then they will be somebody who will understand you as somebody of value. And if you're understood and treated as somebody of value, life will be a lot easier. 
again, back to the fighter's mind, the uh, a boxing source, Greg Jackson, you don't make it far if you have a big ego. Simple, straightforward. Whenever the world throws rose petals at you. Now, I don't know how many of you out there have been fortunate enough to have rose petals thrown at you. So this kind of portrays the circumstance when, you know, life's good. You've achieved a little bit of success. You know, you might be in the limelight. You might have done well. You might have worked hard for 12 months and achieved something. So this rose petal, the rose petals that are floating, you know, around you at the particular time because you've achieved something. Those rose petals which thrill and seduce the ego. Beware. The cosmic, I love this, the cosmic banana peel is suddenly going to appear underfoot to make sure you don't take it all too seriously. How many of us take ourselves too seriously? I'll hold my hand up and if you could see me now, I'd be standing with my hand up in the air because I do take myself too seriously sometimes. And one of the the biggest lessons for me is to learn to lighten up. I've got some real good friends who say, you know, you are a much better person when you laugh and you smile and you lighten up and you stop taking yourself too seriously. So, yeah, I'm a bit intense sometimes and I'll work and work and work and focus and focus and focus. And what I actually need to do is let go. Maybe that's an ego thing. Okay, so there we go. It's a great one. And moving on from that one is a baseball coach saying, your job is to get on base. At the end of the day, the goal of getting on the base eclipses the how of getting there. Just get there. So by scoring a home run, that's all that matters. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be fancy. Take it to any sport you like. Rugby. You can have the best try in the world and sports enthusiasts love the beautiful thing about their sport. You know, those number of passes and that amazing finish, the diving try or, you know, the 30-yard volley. Whether it's a tap-in, it's just put over the line simply. It's points on the board. Whether it's a, a knockout with the, with the biggest right hook you've ever seen or it's a win on points. It's all a victory and leads to the same place at the end of the day. It's not necessarily how you do it. It's just getting there in the end in the right way. Back to the boxing, Sam Sheridan, the fighter's mind. The best fighters were the most humble. Your ego will keep you out of the zone. Again, any top performer will tell you that they have a zone. There is a zone where your mind is calm. You are in that place where you're doing what you're meant to do. You've trained and and you feel like this is it. You're almost unconscious. You're not time aware. You're just getting on with what feels the right thing to do and the most natural thing to do that all your strengths point towards and you're good at. And it's egoless. It's not about you at that particular moment in time. It, it's it's you're just doing what you feel you were meant to do. Another quote, another great one. Thus, a great deal of time and energy in the world of the New England Patriots, so American football, went into selecting players who were at least partially immune to displays of ego and self. And Bill Belichick, great coach, was without ego. But his ego, people say he demonstrated ego, but he channeled it in the right way. It goes on to say his ego was exceptional, but it was channeled in the right way. It was it was all about the doing. It was fused into a larger purpose. The purpose being that his team winning. It was not about the narcissistic celebration of self. That narcissistic celebration of self, I think, is is a real lovely phrase that sums up the good and the bad of the ego. Because we can look at the ego as the driving force that says there's nothing wrong in wanting to be the best that you can be. 
the very best. That's healthy. That's a great thing to aspire to. And it's not about at the detriment of other people. It's about just becoming the best you that you can be. Now, in the course of that, if the world judges you as better than X, Y, and Z, well, so be it. Now, if you get taken into the journey of, well, I'm better than them and this, that, and the other, and I'm paid more and and I've got more silverware, and it becomes a comparative thing, that's the ego. But the ego-less is, I'm just doing what I'm here to do, what I love, what I enjoy, and I'm just pushing the boundaries of everything I can be. Moving on, perfectionism is the ego's wicked demand. It uses pleasure instead of process. And I love this. It says we must have instantaneous success. I've talked about it before in an earlier podcast. I've talked about the process of mastery. I've talked about the book by George Leonard, which is one of the best books I've ever read. And in that book, George Leonard, the great Aikido master, really beautifully describes the process. And he talks about loving the plateau talks about falling in love with the process, talks about not looking for results every single time you get on the mat, you go in the boardroom, you go and sit in front of somebody, you create a relationship, you step out onto the field. It's all about the process. It's about those daily incremental gains that you tick off day after day after day after day after day after day after day that will take you from one plateau to the next. And growth doesn't occur in that perfect graphic representation of an ever-rising line. There's often times when, for whatever reason it is, the environment you're in, the people you work with, yourself, you don't feel well, you're not physically well, and something's just not right. and, And those things are often really difficult to pinpoint and be exact about. But over time, they will all come together. I can relate to, personally... A story of the last few months working seemingly lots of hours on a couple of different projects and just doing it and doing the grind and relentlessly doing similar things week after week. And more recently, there's been some fruit coming on the tree. So you could look at the work that you do as putting the foundation in. Those are the processes. And from those foundations, the better the foundations, the more substantial the the tree will be that will provide that fruit and it's great when it comes but it's it's reap as you sow and a lot of this information and this wisdom is telling us that ego wants it now wants you to concentrate on the fruit never mind the hard work never mind the dull grind of creating foundation let's just look at the glory and the silverware and look what's shiny and i think that's dangerous so back to bill belly chick another quote is he was about one thing only coaching so he was focused he was totally focused on what he wanted to do and he was wary of anything that detracted from it you know they say cal newport talks about it massively in his book deep work it's not what you say yes to it's what you say no to that creates success in your life and in this 21st century of this great digital age with all this phenomenal instantaneous information where we can eat at the drop of a hat we can drink at the drop of a hat we can get information at the drop of a hat we can find out who people are at the drop of a hat what we can't do is go from point a to point b in terms of mastering a physical skill at the drop of a hat 
and our nervous systems have become used to now instantaneous one second delay bang i need it and evolution and development and creating fundamental processes does not occur in that time frame and what bill belichick is saying is that he recognizes that modern media especially television and our demands to hear things immediately as they occur as they occur are singularly dangerous it feeds egos and swells egos and detracts from the essence of football and detracts from the essence of team because it wants to identify individuals and feeding those individual egos is destructive to that unified team approach that we all know is successful. Here's a great one from the great Jim Collins. Talks about different levels of leadership. And high-level leaders are self-effacing individuals who deflect adulation, yet who have an almost stoic resolve to do absolutely whatever it takes to make their organization great. They channel their own ego away from themselves into the larger goal of building a great organization. It's not that they do not have an ego or self-interest. In fact, they are incredibly ambitious. But their ambition is first and foremost for the institution and its greatness, not for themselves. What a great quote that is. So it's all about not denying the fact that you are a human being, not denying the fact that you've got these great desires because that's the initial fuel that fires you. It's channeling it into the right way and learning to be humble and developing your character so that all that energy, all that desire to achieve and all that desire to be the best you can be creates something that's bigger and better and more substantial than yourself. Here's one from a military source, Michael Abrashoff, who wrote something called it's your ship management techniques from the best ship in the navy or the best damn ship in the navy leaders must be willing to put the ship's performance ahead of their egos so if you get a team of people who are willing to put the success of the organization the team before themselves individually you're on to a winner the great corrupter of public men is the ego corrupter creates corruption and distraction here again from a military source john schneider seahawks ego is the enemy being able to communicate in clear, concise fashions and make decisions as quickly as you possibly can is vital. Knowing first and foremost we are looking out for what's best in the organisation and not necessarily what's best for us as individuals. Powerful stuff. Sam Sheridan from again from the fighter's heart. Fight your own pride and ego and be open-minded. Nearly finished with these, but these are, there's such great stuff in this. The hallucination of separateness prevents one from seeing... That to cherish the ego is to cherish misery. So if you are in love, look as um, Narcissus was looking into the pool and being in love with herself, it's cherishing misery. Identifying with personal ego is a great one. It's soaring off the branch on which we sit and then getting increasingly anxious about the coming crash. So it's focusing on yourself and your ego is like soaring off a branch. So you're on a tree and you're soaring off the branch that you're sitting on and then getting worried about the crash. So instead of soaring off the branch, let's just help as many people as we can to sit successfully on that tree and, and help that tree to grow and we'll all be safe and secure. Here we go, nearly finished. We're all the stars of our own movies. But cutting back on the number one, do you know who I am thought processes? We'll make our lives infinitely better and smoother. When you don't dig your heels in and let your ego into entrenched positions from which you mount vigorous and irrational defences, 
you can navigate life in a much more agile way. And humility for me has been a great relief. That's Dan Harris from a source called 10% Happier. Wonderful stuff. So essentially what's it telling us? It's telling us or advising us that all the history, all the, the wisdom is that if we can control and channel our egos, then we're going to be in a much better space. I need to share this one with you because Sean Deitch, the Burnley manager, shared this when he was asked which book he was currently reading and which one had made a great impact on him. And it's The Boys in the Boat, Daniel James Brown. The challenges they had faced together had taught them humility. The need to subsume their individual egos for the sake of the boat as a whole and humility was the common gateway through which they were able now to come together and begin to do what they had not been able to do before. Going to the Saracens message that we talked about in a previous podcast, leaders must free their subordinates to fulfil their talents to the utmost. So that's allowing your the people who are in your organisation to become leaders and to allow them to develop so that they can actually grow to their own capacity. Whether that exceeds yours, in, in your opinion or not, is irrelevant. You know, trying to hold people back so that they don't become bigger than you is one of the, the biggest challenges we will all face in life. And understanding that we live in a universe that's, as far as we know, bigger than we can almost measure. And we have to have a balanced view of things to make sure that we don't think we are the centre of the universe. Although we are the centre of our own universe. And if you believe all the, the latest research, we create our own universes. But there's a way of, of handling our thought processes that, is a successful way and seemingly by utilizing the ego in the in the wrong way there's an unsuccessful way so it's all about how you use it and last one i will leave it to bill belichick again bill belichick was completely dedicated to fighting off the virus caused by too much egos all too aware of what it could do to his dominating purpose playing championship level football a man like this who was so driven and who excelled again and again at such a high level was hardly without ego. Instead, he had learned how to make his ego work for him and to keep it from being a negative force. That's by David Halberstam in The Education of a Coach. And I think that sums it up greatly. Let's not deny it. Let's not deny our own drives. Let's not deny that we have this thing called an ego, which within us, it can show the bad side and it can also show, we can show it the good side. So it's how we use it and how we channel it. I hope you found that helpful. I'm not sure if it wasn't too deep. I hope there's two or three good sources in there that you can go and research and, and have a look at. As I always said and I've said before, if you've got any feedback, find me on Leader Manager Coach website. I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. Love to hear your thoughts. And as always, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. I hope you find it useful and I'll catch you again.